the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. Hey, it's George um, and uh, Joseph is AOL. No, I think he's too, was too he, excited from last episode. He's still trying no, to he, recover. He, he's in the other room. He's in the other room. Here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember last episode? He was so wild up. crashing in. Just one sec. Dumped. It is Joseph. All right. Yeah, oh, wait. He is. No, Go ahead. I got to put my headphones on. I can't. He doesn't know what's going this on. This is crazy. <laughs> what? Wait. We, we've already started the show. So this say is episode okay. 101. 101. 101. Nice. You know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate <laughs> the show being started without me being ready. You missed it. There was no Hey, it's Joseph. We, we had yeah. To, yeah, we, yeah. Hey, it's Joseph. Uh, there we go. There <laughs> we go. It's magic, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you so, know what? After last week's though, episode, who cares? Really? Uh, I, I wanted mean, that, to talk about that. Uh, was that fantastic, guys? Seriously. Before before we jump in, uh, I, yes, it was a. a you know, it, it was great to have Tom Wu uh, participate with us. Uh, th- and even though the program ran for two and a half hours, the more people you add, you know, the more you know, the longer the, the show gets, uh, which was even longer than episode 86, our best uh, character intros wow, and wow. Uh, top album covers that that was uh, 146. Uh, but I went back and I, I listened to it again. I felt like it's one of our best and, and just kind of most cohesive efforts. Uh, and I'd like to commend each of you. Um, you know, it, it just felt like, you know, brothers uh, on that show. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Do they have Grammys or Emmys for for podcasts? Because what if they award podcasts? They do have I, a podcast award, but well, you know, you know, this show will never get nominated. You know, no, well, ser- well, seriously one, though, that's all corporate. I know, I know. I haven't said this to you guys on air. I think I've said it to you off air and all that, but I really do appreciate you guys. Like, oh, oh, God, no, let, let, say- letting me in on this because this this has been just a highlight of my life, and uh, I re- last week's episode just confirmed yeah. everything for me. Well, George, I mean, how, really George, did. do you want to tell him, or do you want me to tell? Him? How how oh, perfect? No, no. <laughs> How, per- how perfect it was episode 100. Uh, and, you know, we, we even had emails thanking us for that that show. And I don't, if we have time today, maybe we can read some. Uh, but Change I'm just, lives. I'm Change very, lives. 
I don't know about that, uh, but I, I'm very optimistic for where the show is headed as a podcast troupe. Uh, so, dear listener, check out episode uh, 100 again. Tom Wu, uh, you know, first time ever on the show. Uh, but here we are uh, moving forward. We can't live in the past. Uh, episode 101. 101. And it's going to be best use of a train in cinema uh yes. and top household appliances uh but no no refrigerators yeah um, that would be everybody's number one you uh, know probably yeah uh yeah. and uh but with on the trains we're gonna go full circle just like a little toy locomotive uh in wolf bro uh what is the name of that toy shop that robert olive has wolf wolf hobby shop yeah just like one of those little trains that go <laughs> like we're in you know, that musty musty toy store of his uh <laughs> but uh trains and 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 film have been intertwined from the very beginning the first documented moving picture images put on celluloid uh were shot back in 1895 and it featured a train the the show or the little snippet uh was called arrival of a train at LaCroix. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. LaCroix. LaCroix. Okay. See, there you go. Thank you. Our, our LaCroix makes Chinese food that swings American. <laughs> there, there we go. Yes. That that's where they got that from, but uh, they, it only ran for about 50 seconds or so. So not even a minute, but it depicted a train pulling into a station in a little French coastal town. And then unrelated in 1903, we all know this, the first feature film uh, was about a train, the great train robbery. So 12 minutes. Uh, let's get going. Well, and, George, uh, I just want to commend you on wearing your conductor's hat while you did that whole thing. Oh yeah. Check, even better. Look what Tom made for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I see. I feel like I'm, feel like I'm in Hooterville. <laughs> Look. Very nice. Are we right, already so, at break? Are we, are we, start, are we, are we starting? Are we, are we starting with household appliances? We just start off with trains because they're show, both. Show, well, it, Tom also gave me uh, one of these. If if you wanted to start with the appliances, that could be like that could be like fifty appliances. That noise. So that's that's a vacuum cleaner. So, okay, so very nice, very nice. Well, we'll start with. Pick. We'll start with trains. Joseph, what is your number five best train scene? It's a scene in a train, right? Scene in well, a train or, or a movie in a train or whatever you, you, whatever, whatever you think. I didn't put office. train movies. I got to be honest. I, did, I just put train movies. The <laughs> home office, well, the home office said uh, movie or film using a train. Ah, so okay. yeah, it doesn't so have to be covered. They don't have to be on the train the whole time. It can be just one scene. It can be a whole train. It could be, you know, it, it, it can't be television though. So broke my heart. I couldn't talk about super train again, <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, you can, you can just kind of disregard the rules. Like you did that show and just talk about it. <laughs> all right, then my number wow. one. <laughs> all right. So Joseph, what's your number five train scene or movie? Murder on the Orient Express, 1974. Okay. 1974, okay. 1974, okay. 1974 because Sidney Lament, we love Sidney, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Albert Finney, you know, yes. as as Peru. Peru. <laughs> yes, this, <laughs> this is my honorable mention. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh Agatha Christie, 1930s. 
murder mystery on a train with a supercast in 1974. I'm not even going to list everyone because it's so great. If you haven't seen it, you need to. There you go. Wow. Yeah, and I, and I like the reboot that they did uh, a few years ago. And of course, they've got murder on the Nile. Uh, but death on the Nile. Death murder on the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is. It is death on the Nile. Uh, but I, you know, I like those, but this is the one that this is the one for me. Uh, cause I, as I was watching Brannig in the other one, I was just thinking, yeah, the, this is not Albert Finney. This is what I want is Albert Finney. So very nice. All right, George, your number five train scene or movie and or movie. Okay. Let's just say use of train. Use of train in a movie, there George. What's your okay. number five? Uh, so before there was see no evil, hear no evil, and stir crazy, there was 1976's Silver Street. Oh, man, this is my number one. All right. My number four. My number four. Oh, we have a three-way matchup, guys. So, uh, But this was the first on-screen pairing of Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. And uh, the plot honestly it's a pretty good mystery even without all their slapstick and and everything uh and it also featured a a new actress jill clayberg uh in there but uh, do you want to talk about this a little more well blackface was never so funny <laughs> well yeah that doesn't hold up very well but, just yeah. trying to get him trying to get him on, on the train so uh but i guess since richard Pryor's is the one trying to do it and and you know I, I have that hasn't been canceled yet, but uh, uh, the good thing about this movie too is 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 a lot of the supporting performances. You have the two, you have still, and the, the way the train is used too. The train is almost a character because the funny thing about this movie is he's you know put up in this whole kind of murder mystery thing, but he keeps on getting thrown off the train. Yeah, so he's yeah. gonna have to go get every time he gets thrown off the train. It's hilarious, and one time. My favorite is when he he has the old woman pilot <laughs> and his name is George Caldwell in this movie, because I know because there was a guy in Humble High School named. Oh, George yeah. Caldwell. A friend of ours, George Caldwell. Yeah. yeah. So but it's in the scene. She thinks his name is Steve the entire time. Hey, Steve. And it's just, you know, I know it's an old joke, but it, just the way Gene Wilder reacts to her. It's so funny. And then also you got to mention Clifton James, who yes. is the uh, sheriff in Live and Let Die, who's the sheriff here, <laughs> who, who tries to, you know, ca- capture him. Then he just pulls the money, get, pulls the, the, the gun out of his hand. Give me that. Don't shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. So, and then, so I mean, the whole movie is really good. Fred Willard, a young Fred Willard is the guy trying to stop the train at the end when you have, which yes. I think is the best train scene in the movie when the train actually you know, can't stop and burst through yeah. the uh, wall. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah spoiler. But I, yeah, that's, that's the big moment when it just comes plowing in. Um, and, and that's in Chicago, I think. Right. Yeah. Train yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, I used to watch this every time it came on cable. Scatman oh, Brothers yeah. is in it. Patrick McGowan uh, from the prison yeah. an amazing uh, uh, villain in this movie, you know? So, but uh, Joseph, anything to add? No, I mean, just the classic scenes that really this is, it's funny because, uh, you know, Richard Pryor doesn't come on initially in the movie. Halfway you know? the movie almost. Yeah, it's literally like you go through almost the first two acts, you know, and he comes on there. I think, you know, to George, what George was saying, which is that, uh, boy, just talk about, you know, chemistry uh, between Wilder, you know, and Pryor that come on there. That's just great. The whole thing is like perfect. Uh, in the sense of how they play off of each other and all that. So 
just so many highlights, so many memories of Jim and I going through the lines of middle school. Uh, <laughs> we were just going through every line possible. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I don't think we would have had those other movies with those two actors without the success of this. This yeah, really this gave them best. license. Well, this, is a, this is like a, a stir crazy is really good too, but this is my, uh, you know, probably is the best fit. My favorite run just because the movie yeah. is so good too. Ned Beatty is in it. I mean, this, the whole movie is a, a full yeah. Well, it just sort of makes you sort of wish, you know, uh, going to George's, you know, altered universe kind of thing of if things could play out, what Blazing Saddles would have been like, yeah. you know, uh, because he was he was originally scheduled for, it, you know, so. Uh, yeah, it was written been for Richard Pryor and, and mine and nothing against uh, I, the actor's name. is Cleavon Little. Me. Yes, <laughs> uh, he, he does a magnificent job. Fantastic. But yeah. You know that that could have started off a whole Mel Brooks, Richard Pryor kind of thing. Well, yeah. Know, so. I mean, and Richard Pryor was supposed to be the Gregory Hines part in history of the world part one. That's right. And he burned himself. That was the, the other thing too, which would have been enough. Yeah. Gregory Hines is amazing in the movie though. And I would have, you know, <laughs> yeah. Soft he did shoot. the whole sand shuffle. That was all yeah. improvised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I digress, but I digress. All right. Let's move on to my number five, which is from 1926. Is Buster Keaton in the general, uh, which at the time had the most expensive train scene ever with a train falling off a bridge. And as you know, $17, as you know, uh, <laughs> this stuff was all real. There was no CG, CGI. And uh, that's not only the, the great train scene. There's one where Buster Keaton tries to actually stop the train. Oh, An yeah. amaz amazing sequence where these train rails are in the middle of the train track. And he <laughs> and he plucks them up, of course, just missing the train and finally getting actually, you know, scooped up by the train at the end. But just uh, when you think about the stunts and a silent film with that much suspense and the uh, the actor uh, Buster Keaton and just the amazing stunts. Yeah. These two train scenes really stick out, and the general is my number five. I am so excited, Jim. This is my number two. This is wow, my number okay, two. Okay. Go uh, ahead. You, I, you know more about it probably. And, than I, and I I thought, well, I'm throwing this on here because. You know, I'm, I'm a film historian. I love this kind of stuff. But really, there's so much to say about this. Uh, it made number two for me because this is the train movie that establishes all the tropes of train movies from the suspense to the energy of playing off the movement, because you have to understand, like when we talk about movies and trains and all that, there's a kinetic energy that the train possesses in the movie that is part of the story. It's part of the narrative, right? Yes. And Keaton, you know, uh, is the master of physical comedy. I mean, really, if you if you sort of think about, you know, uh, Charlie Chaplin, graceful, elegant, almost a dancer of sorts. You know, uh, he, he was very methodical. Uh, Harold Lloyd was was great at the stunts and all that. But Keaton really comes out and demonstrates the uh, mastery of, of, of cinematography, the illusion and stuff like that, because he plays a lot of gags. That's what they were called. You know, they were stealing from vaudeville, their vaudeville days and all that. But all the gags in this movie work so well that you're absolutely right. I showed this to my daughter two years ago because I was like, I want to show you something that's nearly a hundred years old. And, uh, for uh, uh, she was 15 at the time for a 15 year old to be so immersed in this 
says it still works today. It's just incredible. So yeah. I'm so glad you, 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 you put this on there, the Jim, general, because it, wow. it makes it, it makes now, it. Now we say the general people think insurance, but the general yeah. was a movie uh-huh. with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Buster Keaton from 1926. All right. And so, you're, and you're right, Joseph, it, it still holds up because that's just how great it was. And the guy had nine lives. Uh, oh, some yeah. of the stunts in, in other films that he did. Oh yeah. I don't, you know, the house almost falling on him. That's the, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's um, all measured out, all engineered. I mean, amazing. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm excited about this. <laughs> the a the a topic of household appliance. It is my uh, a topic. It's at the top uh, of my list. <laughs> Joseph, what you got for number five? No refrigerators, please. But what you got for number five? No refrigerators. Number five. Come in five. The blender. Okay. Five, number five. <laughs> Crane 1922. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we're all about the 20s here and all that. No, this is this is great. What can you say about it? You know, it was made because people want to mix up stuff, and that's what you do with a blender. You mix it up. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Nice. George, what's your number five? Uh water heater. Uh so my appliances are gonna be a little bit that's on the larger more, side. Yeah. Jeez. It's uh, very utilitarian of you. <laughs> yes. Well, like, I, I like uh taking, you know, showers that, you know, it's hot water showers. Okay. Uh and uh so I'm a big fan of the hot water heater. So water heater. <laughs> so Jim and I uh did some missionary work one summer in Dominican Republic and uh <laughs> yeah, I heard about the seesaw. Literally, yeah, the seesaw that we build that <laughs> for for kids, you for know, kids <laughs> hard enough, and then we make them a piece of crap, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, the thing about it is, you know, you talk about like hot water and how you miss it, you know, uh, whenever you don't have it. Uh, do you remember Jim? How like they would wake us up at three o'clock in the morning and they're like, we have water. And so we'd have to go there. It was like a trinkle of like frigid water. Yeah, and we were yeah. so grateful for it because we hadn't showered in days after <laughs> building that sweaty piece of crap yeah. seesaw. So we did get to I'm, bathe. I'm in sure everybody thing. was grateful for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we, got get, to shower. we got to bathe in this thing called the sulfur Springs and it smelled like, you know, rotten eggs. Yeah. So <laughs> also too. So, okay. So let's move on to our number four uh, train scene. What you got, Joseph? Well, uh, I think I already did it. Uh, Silver Streak. Silver Streak. Uh, right. George, what's your number four? So this is going to be the Polar Express. This is Robert Zemeckis movie based on Chris Van Ellsberg, uh 1985 holiday story about a boy who's kind of become started questioning the existence of Santa and just, uh, you know, kind of in the dumps with his Christmas spirit in, in general. Uh, the night of Christmas Eve, the little boy is jolted awake by the rumblings of this magical train called the Polar Express, uh, and it's bound for the North Pole and going to meet Father Christmas himself. So it's basically a Christmas uh, road movie, okay, um, but it follows the boy and several other little pajama-clad uh, tots ab- aboard the train. Um, and, of course, uh, Bob Zemeckis you know, working with, uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks plays multiple characters via the, the magic of, of CGI. And, um, you know, it's, it's just such a beloved, uh, story and that they still have showings and kids go to these showings with their pajamas on, you know, 
so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the Polar Express, which obviously wouldn't work without a train. You have to have a train for this story to, to work. be the but, express. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, to to be the express. Right? Well, it has express in it, like Murder on the Order Express or Polar Express. There's a train involved usually. There there's going to be a train somewhere. In there. <laughs> better there better be. My number four is actually it's not the movie doesn't revolve around train, but it's one fantastic scene at the beginning of the movie. That gives you a whole in-depth look into the character. It's the third movie in the series. It's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which starts off with this fantastical uh, train chase with River Phoenix playing the young Indiana Jones. And you have little uh, little nods to Indy as he, he's kind of a circus train that he's running away from these people on. Uh, and you see snakes and you get the little, little line that says, uh, <laughs> snakes, I hate snakes, a little play on that. But you also have, uh, uh, when he, f- he finally gets caught by the person, you see the, the person that catches the Indiana Jones yeah. has the hat and has the whip. And you kind yeah. of say, this is the, the, or this is where the origin of him having the hat and the whip come from. Yeah. But, uh, and, and, and his scar where he gets yeah. a scar on his chin. And the, and the whole, the whole, it's, you know, we talked about the general, the whole, the whole kind of scene looks like a silent movie, the way the plays out. Cause it's oh, well done. So well way, done. The way they, they shoot it. And it, you know, it's, I don't know. Does Spielberg do this one or Lucas? I don't know. I'm confused on these movies, but uh, <laughs> it was Spielberg. It was yeah, all Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. But it was uh well done. And, and not, you could tell that he had appreciation for the, uh, the great train movies that came before him. So mine is Indiana Jones in the last crusade at number four. Yeah, so, when when you have a, a great fight sequence and then you put it on a moving vehicle like a train, yeah, uh it it just heightens it so much. It's it's fantastic. This is a good choice. This is really right. good. Thank you, George. Uh number four for appliance. What you got there, Joseph? The microwave, number four. Ooh, that's my, that's uh, my number one. Wow. Oh wow, one. yeah. Boy, this is like we 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 use this all the time. Okay. This uh George, I'm gonna let you explain how a microwave works. It just came from the radar. I'll let you go from there. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, so <laughs> magical so, so, fairies heat up my food. And I'm and what's funny is I still get impatient. It's like <laughs> I have to wait a minute and a half. Come on. Come is on. It, isn't it amazing though, how like literally that, you know, th- this has been around since world war two. Okay. Uh, it was created off of radar technology. Basically you have uh, electrons bouncing around everywhere. Basically they bounce so fast that they cause friction with water molecules that causes the heat. Okay. And so that's how it heats up real fast. The thing about it is it wasn't commercial until really the late seventies, everything was rather too expensive, too big or whatever. But, uh, think about it. I mean, because of our age and all that, we were all introduced to the microwave in the eighties. Uh, and, and the Goldbergs have, you know, an episode where they introduced the microwave and, uh, it, it was so funny because they really did touch on, on the concept it cooked popcorn. <laughs> it was that like was they the were con- glorified popcorn makers. Yes. Yes. Well, that's the thing is too. And if we remember the big thing for my mom was like, you can get hot donuts. Morton used to have these donuts and that thing just kind of left. I mean, no one did them anymore, but you could actually put donuts in the microwave and you're, Oh, we don't have to go to the donut shop anymore. Hot donuts that and heating up sandwiches, which always tasted terrible to me because it had rubber. Like, rubber. Yeah. rubber. Yes. You get a hot sandwich. Now you don't have to 
like cook in the oven and it's still, but it tastes like rubber. But uh, I, I mean, and, and, and people would do it though. I mean, that was the whole thing. It's like, I don't know, like if I, I think what happened is we just lowered our standard of food, you yeah. know, because now it's like, yes. I would say, and George, correct me if I'm wrong here, this is your number one, but I would say that it's sort of taken over the oven, <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. <laughs> for a lot of people, you know, it's like, ah, just microwave it. Especially oh, the yeah. workplace. Yeah. And then, you know, the microwave has been blamed for, uh, you know, a generation of people wanting instant gratification because, they, oh. you know, cause we used to, we had soup back and we were really young. We had to wait for it to be actually be heated up on the stove or, no. you know, we had, you know, ridiculous you know, TV That's dinner ridiculous. took 45 minutes in the oven. <laughs> well, now, let's talk about, uh, you know, go, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, Jim. Now let's lean cuisine about, takes like three minutes. And you're good to go. It's true. No, you're absolutely. Uh, let's talk about office politics. Who's the idiot that burnt the popcorn and it <laughs> smells all the way through the hallway. Well, who's, who's the guy who cooked <laughs> the fish who did the fish. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. So at, at my place of business, we, I, I am at a big uh, corporate uh, community. We, we have at last count, I think we had 70 different break room uh, coffee bars with uh, microwaves. And I think there should be a litmus test before you get hired on to, to the, the company that I've worked for that you don't, you can't, the last part of the job interview is they hand you a bag of, of microwave popcorn. And then they, they watch you put it in the microwave and see if you're going to push 30 minutes or three minutes uh, because we had the fire department come out so many times because they would put in 30 minutes and then they walk out and go to the ladies room or the men's room or somewhere else. And then, you know, you've got this just awful, awful smell. And literally we we've had the, the fire department, the local fire department come out so many times and it's like, who keeps doing this? Of course, nobody ever owns when that happens. Nobody ever admits that they, that it's their popcorn, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Saboteurs from our competitors <laughs> sneak past our security stations to uh, burn popcorn in our, our microwaves. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the microwave. Uh, and you know, what's interesting is what did we do with all that extra time guys? You know, yeah. nothing, you know, nothing. nothing. Well, <laughs> we, we, but, we played on, we play on our phones is, is what we do. <laughs> as awesome as it is, I still have in, in my heart, like a little place for Jiffy pop popcorn, the uh, magic of the tinfoil <laughs> yes. blowing up on the stove that went away. I mean, that was a whole yeah. thing. It sort yeah. of went away. And soup does taste better on the stove too. Kids are like, what are you doing? I'm making soup. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, I look at the back of the box of something. They have that conventional oven and the microwave. It's like, why are we even talking about conventional oven? Give me the microwave instruction. <laughs> that that conventional oven and those instructions, they're making the fonts smaller for my microwave instructions. Just take them off. <laughs> I don't need them. Give me the so, microwave. Get out of my way. One, number one, George? <laughs> my number one. Yes. My number three. Okay. So what is what is your number four? My number four is the dishwasher. Oh, wow. Okay. So honorable uh, mention big stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I thought all of these were, were big things. So I have no small appliances. Oh, wow. They're all like the heavy hitters, but I, I, I made my list. I went through and thought, okay, if somebody came in and said, we're going to take away appliances, 
what would break my heart the most? And of course, microwave was number one, uh, <laughs> even, even over the water heater. But I, I was like, okay, uh, these are the things that I need to survive and feel civilized. Uh, so the water heater, uh, dishwasher, microwave, and, and I've got two others coming up. But uh, Okay, gotcha. Good cheese there. Uh, my number four is the toaster slash toaster oven. <gasps> my uh, number one. Yes, uh, <laughs> the toaster. It's yes. like I mean, I, I mean, I've been a fan since the two slice toaster, but I don't know where you are at on your toasting, Joseph. But we have the Cuisinart toaster thing that you know will time it perfectly now because I used to burn everything, and the kids, you know, I, I like burnt stuff, so people get mad because you know you have that little bit of smoke that comes off the bread. Now, do you oh, really like it burnt? Man. Or yeah. are you just covering for being a bad? No, I actually like it burnt. But, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, know, me the- too. <laughs> me too. They constantly are telling me that I'm burning stuff, but I cannot handle like putting something in a toaster. And it's like lightly toasted. I want to see like coloration. Yeah, I want to see like, yeah, it has to have a serious crunch to it. So, but you know, like I said, we, we moved it up to the Cuisinart, which does air frying too, but I just use it for toasting and, and it times it out. But, you know, there's the two slice toasters trying to shove a bagel into the two slice two, you know, because they made them the slots bigger oh. because people were like, you know, had to get the knife in there, electrocuting themselves. Trying to- <laughs> so, so I kid you not on this. Okay. Back to office politics. We had a toaster that one of our secretaries had read this life hack. I'm using the quoted fingers here for my, for, for my fellow colleagues here. She found a life hack that she put a slice of pizza in the toaster oh. Oh. <laughs> and ruined the toaster the cheese just, and i'm like what the hell are you thinking like how do you think that that's gonna work but uh Not, yeah I like, had, it was a regular two slice toaster it was a regular two slice okay. toaster. She, I, she, I mean i throw everything in the toaster oven i'll put it in the microwave she for put a it bit, you know she put it vertically oh no she, she vertically she okay. put she she tilted it on its side like some idiot on the internet said oh, yeah this wow. is a good idea to do oh, that's terrible and and she had like cheese was there it ruined the toaster like we had oh. to throw it away there was no way because in and, and guess guess what was burning <laughs> like cheese all over so we had that smell for at least two days you know in the oh, office wow. so but uh no toaster is my number one i i feel like it you know it, it is truly the best thing since sliced bread. But um, sh- <laughs> all right. So okay. So now we're up. Let's do our number three train stuff, and then we'll take an intermission. Joseph, what's your number three train scene or train movie? We've talked about this movie before. Uh, I think I think uh, it's just is you know because most movies involve some type of robbery or some type of crime goes on. Like if you think about it, like trains are not safe as far as cinema is concerned. Uh, when you're on a train, something's going to happen. Well, so I have, you got I, you got like the trip to Bountiful. Nothing, nobody gets killed on that train. Okay, that's true. That's true. I but this, him, though. This one one is the taking of Pelham. One, two, three, 1974. This is 1974 again. So I have Murder of the Orient Express 1974 in the same year. Okay. Uh, Walter Matthew. Yeah. Great. One of the greatest, like, like, like music scenes, you know, the suspense on that thing is like unforgettable, you know? So, uh, 
yeah, this 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 is a great movie. I'm going to let you talk about it, Jim, well, because when the I train, think... I mean, just when, the, like you said, when they they actually take care of the uh, terrorists that are the, the the plot of the movie, they're trying to get money and uh, you know to get the the they take over a subway car, but you know they think it's over, and then the subway cars go spinning out of control, and they have to stop the train and all that stuff too, kind of like Silver Streak, but. Um, uh, you know, then we talked about this before too. This movie that uh, Tarantino obviously just completely copied because yeah. you have the colored, uh, you know, Mr. Red and all this type thing. And in, in this movie, um, very suspenseful though. Walter Matthau, Jerry Stiller is a sidekick in the movie. Oh, yeah. we, so good. You know, in the shocking endings to our episode, we've talked about this twist ending uh, of the movie. But uh, yeah, this is a great choice. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so this was your number three as well. No, my number two. Okay, number right. two. Okay. So my list is done because Silver Streak is my number one. Uh, Joseph. Wow. I know. Crazy. George, what is your number uh, three? So this is from a Korean director, Bong Joon-ho. This is mine, uh, George. You used my list. Oh, my list is done now. Train to Busan? No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my number three. So I'm going to talk about it anyway, but go ahead, George. Uh, well, that that's my number two. So let's just kind of switch it around. Uh, that, that director is Song Hong Yoon, I guess. Uh, so another Korean film, uh, 2016. And I, I'm really, I, I was wondering about this because I know you're kind of hit or miss with zombie movies. Well, yes, uh, I hate zombie movies, by the way. And I've pleaded with the home office. I said, please don't have us do a do- zombie show. Please don't have us do a zombie next show. Next week, we're doing And then you choose one. What? Yeah. Well, but this movie, and my, my, my kids are, are big into uh, Korean culture. They love BTS and K-pop. and Korean zombies are okay. So you're a... <laughs> And my You're daughter a zombie was, racist. Is it, That's yeah. exactly what he is. <laughs> my daughter was uh, into uh, these K dramas, and then she got into movies. Eventually, you know, seeing uh, what's the what's the one that won the award, uh, Parasite, and then oh all, yeah, we yeah. All, we all sat down to watch this one, and wow, I was just oh yeah. The, so the whole great, thing yeah. takes place on the KTX, a, a bullet train that's traveling. Uh, and Jim, correct me. It's it's going from Seoul, Korea, to Busan. Yes, And it's right at the beginning of, of a zombie outbreak. So nobody mm-hmm. knows what's going on, this infectious zombie outbreak. And, uh, you know, this movie is like no other one before or after it that I've seen. Hollywood doesn't make movies like this anymore because they're more concerned with making like a checklist of tropish characters doing predictable stuff. And... Uh, to me, despite it being a horror film, technically, you really become engaged in these characters, and it makes the suspense that much better and and scary. But uh, anyway, they're they're stuck on a train, and people are turning into these, transforming into these, uh, you know, scary, hungry monsters. And you have to like, uh, you know, these different cars get locked in. You know, the when they're in yeah. the darkness, they can't see this. So there's a lot of sp- suspenseful elements to this thing. And then you have the. Uh, the young father trying to get his daughter and you have that kind of whole yeah. element. He's trying to get her to safety and a very sad ending where my daughter actually cried. And it was like, you know, she, cause there's a very, very sentimental direction. I mean, this whole thing is, is a great movie. Like you said, the zombie stuff, George, it could have been an, a great movie. I, I don't know if it would have worked without zombies, but it was uh, really good. Really good. They, they tried to do a sequel. Well, not tried. They, they made a sequel, but it's not on a train. And, it's it doesn't work it just doesn't work it's just your kind of typical has some moments but it's just kind of your typical zombie thing uh but my number three is from 
uh, a Korean director. Sorry, to, it's Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Right? Yeah. It's Snowpiercer. And uh, I had read, uh, and, and I have both the graphic novels, the French graphic novels that came out years before the 2014 movie. Uh, but the plot of this, uh, it's set in 2031. Uh, survivors of, of Earth's second ice age uh, are forced to live out their days on this luxury I want to say there's like a thousand and one cars or something, uh, which works out to be about 10 miles or uh, 16 kilometers long. Okay. But it, it has to keep circling the, the, uh, the globe, the frozen globe through snow and ice. And, you know, it's part allegorical tale about class struggle and got this apocalyptic option, you know, action and stuff. But Chris Evans, who we've come to know as uh Captain America, he's in it. John Hurt, Ed Harris, and one of the weirdest performances, which I adore, uh, from Tina Sw- uh, uh, Swinton. Tilda. Yeah, Swinton. Uh, what did she- I say? Tina Tilda. Yeah, uh, Tilda. Uh, yeah. Tina Turner. But Tina Turner's. Oh, <laughs> it's all about the glasses. Yeah, uh, her glasses are so weird. <laughs> but uh, the the movie, it, it's you know, you've got this bleak ap- apocalyptic thing. And the tail end of the train, that's where all kind of the reprobate and the lower class lives. And they're, they're basically, they, you watch this revolt as they try to move up towards the, the front sections of the, of the train. And um, I'm, I'm a fan of the television series, which actually does things a little bit differently, even still from the graphic novels. But, uh, uh, and I just love seeing the different, compartments of the train you know uh as it goes along but uh and there are some things that just the laws of physics i have to just right. kinda, i have to turn my brain off you know uh and just kind of just go with it so uh if you're somebody that is hyper sensitive or triggered by just ridiculous impossible science uh this is not a movie for you but i enjoyed it just because I'm, I pretty much like anything apocalyptic and oh, an apocalyptic thing on a train. Okay, we'll give it a shot. But 2004, uh, 14's Snowpiercer is my official number three. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, do you have any train? Uh, let me see here if we can pull a train. Oh, this is very timely. Oh, oh, <laughs> no trains, but various hippos. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, Tom Wu. Give a listen. Wow. 
knew what a hippo sound like. Yeah, it's kind that, of good. education. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, good job, Tom. <laughs> crispy coated robots, the educational program. That's right. That's right, Tom. Tom. So we're on now to our number three. Well, uh, how how do we know that he didn't mix up the tapes? And that's like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Some other animal. We don't. We don't. We don't. Our okay. ignorance lets him get away with it. <laughs> For all we know, that's just Tom making grunting sounds. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, number three, household appliance. What you got, Joseph? This one really sucks. It's a vacuum cleaner. Oh, I don't. Yes, exactly. Uh, so this this is sort of funny. Uh, basically. Uh, it was an invention that was has been around for a while, but the electric version of it came out in 1905. Uh, 1906, they invented the machine called the domestic cyclone. Okay, uh, but it was wasn't until a janitor came up with sort of this like bag device that would collect the dust and all that. Uh, oh, wait, he, so. Would it just blow all over the place? Well, no. What they used is uh, like like Kirby used uh, the one of the inventors, James B. Kirby used uh, a water, so it's like almost like a bong. You know, basically the the dust would go and collect in the water bowl. Uh, so uh, for the suction part of it, but this guy created sort of this 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 bag element and all that, but he didn't have the money to do anything with it, so he sold his invention. This was James Murray. Sp- uh, Sprangler from Canton, Ohio. So he created this thing, this box with this bag for the dust, and he ended up selling it to William Henry Hoover, who in 1908 took it and then made what we know as the Hoover vacuum cleaner. So there you go. Wow, a little little history there too with the vacuum cleaner. George, what's your number? Vacuuming up the studio real quick. <laughs> All right, geez. Uh, my number three is a washing machine. So uh, I like wearing clean clothes and washing. My machine number two. Oh, it's my number two. We got a match. Wow. Look at this. Nice. We we only have one slot left On for appliances. Yeah, for we've got washing trains, machine. Movies. Yeah, yeah. We might be getting out of here early today, guys. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, my number three is a microwave, so I'm completely done. Uh, so we're uh, <laughs> I'm done with the uh, train list too. Joseph, what's your number two train movie? I think I said it already. Let me see what I have here. Number two was the general. Yeah. General. So. Okay. All right. George, what's your number two train movie? Well, mine is Train to Busan. Okay. Okay. So should I should I do my number one train? Well, I got a number one as well. So we got to do some honorable mentions here. Well, hold on. Okay. We're, we're moving back to appliance, though, because we still on number two appliance. So what's your number okay. two appliance? Uh, uh, the number two appliance was uh, the washing machine. Okay. What's your number two, uh, uh, George? Clothes dryer. Because... I don't like wearing wet, clean clothes. <laughs> I like I like them to be dry. So it all works together. There's a symmetry here. So. My number two is, uh, you know, in these days of paying four dollars for coffee for a cup, I still. I like, knew you were going to say this. I knew I you like were going to say old-fashioned coffee maker. Uh, you know, I even <laughs> prefer. We have a you know a Keurig at the house, and uh, I still have the old-fashioned Mr. Coffee type, which, <laughs> you, which you do. Put, you put, <laughs> 
And the reason we switched to curd, because I was putting in too much coffee and everybody had to put water in it. You know, it was like dead man don't wear plaid. I was just constantly uh, putting like nice. super coffee on it and super syrupy. And I now, like it really, really strong. Have you Jim's- ever got a, a Mr. T? Have you ever tried the Mr. T from oh, no. Guido from, Sarducci? From, yeah, Mr. Coffee. Mr. Coffee did have a Mr. T, actually. Uh, no, I just did the coffee maker. You're the coffee drinker of the group, I think. I, I mean, I drink that. coffee, but not like you. You, yeah. you're a coffee I, for, I have uh, a confession. I love the smell of it. I, and I brew it like when I play gigs in, in Louisiana and I'm in the hotel by myself waiting, uh, you know, wake up in the morning, I will brew the coffee to smell it, but I don't, I don't drink it at all. And that's sort of the worst that hotel coffee where they get to put the little thing in there and yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love the smell of it. The smell's you know, probably I, good. Yeah. And but, I love uh, brewing it for, for my wife, but, uh, I don't drink it myself. Yeah, but they I make it super strong and they don't like it. That's why they got the Keurig to make the measurement perfect for them. To so. block you. You've yep. coffee block. blocked. Yes. <laughs> coffee blocked. So uh that's my number. Okay, so uh we're done with the number two. Back to uh number one train. Anybody have any honorable mentions before we get there? I do. I have I have a couple, but uh I, I do but, as well. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, so uh, for my honorable mentions, I have Trans Siberian from two thousand eight. Uh, uh, that was yeah, Woody Harrelson one, really good. Uh, involves you know a sort of a naive couple that get together with some bad guys. Snowpiercer two thousand fourteen, really like that one. Uh, Source Code two thousand eleven. Oh, yeah, that's on mine. Yeah, this was this was what I call Inception Light. Uh, you know, where, <laughs> where it sort of, you know, play, played with sort of metaphysics and all that. So I like that. Uh, 2010, I really like this one a lot. Uh, Denzel Washington uh, in Unstoppable. Oh, yeah. Unstoppable. Uh, yeah. That was like really good. And then. Uh, now, and, and he made that one year after he made the reboot of. of this is all my honor. Right. Of yeah. the reboot of one, uh, Pelham One Truth. So I thought we were going to have like a whole series of. Of Denzel Washington, like <laughs> we as, could exactly. as Thomas the Train, you know uh, that, <laughs> that fell through though. But uh, yeah. he loves these trains. And then finally, uh, just worth mentioning, uh, Strangers on a Train, nineteen fifty one, which then you know throw Mama from the train, sort of spoofed a little bit, you know, played yeah, off yeah. of it, uh, kind of thing. So th- th- that's my honorable mention. My yep. so I, oh, go, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, George. Well, I've got a lot of the same. Uh, Unstoppable. Uh, with Chris Pine and Denzel, uh, Pelham one two three, the original, the one that we were talking about early earlier. Wes Anderson's foray into trainness uh, with the Dejarling Limited, two thousand seven. Um, source code, of course, because I'm all things time travel with Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal, uh, and then Albert Finney, like we talked about before, Murder on the Orient Express, nineteen seventy four. So as uh, that is my list. My mine are pretty, uh, you know, it's a, the train has just happened to be in the movie, but there's some great train scenes, like some like it hot when they're on the train uh, headed to their, uh, you know, the, you know, the plot of the movie, they're dressed up as women, basically trying to escape the mob. Uh, North by Northwest had a, a nice uh, train oh, scene yeah. there too. Yeah. Uh, also, um, planes, trains, and automobiles. So there you those, go. Those are my. Yeah runners up uh so let's move on to you my number one was silver streak so let's move on to your number one joseph okay so when we talk about trains and movies we have to talk about like the social impact of trains and all that and there's really two 
two great areas. So the reason why we don't see a lot of movies about trains anymore is because of where we are in this time and age of travel. Uh, but at the very beginning, uh, the train was really sort of tied into the expansion of America. So it had, it was very significant in Western, the Western film genre. And then uh, in the 1930s and 40s, because it was sort of the main mode of transportation and all that. So that's why you have like some like it hot, you have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these classic stuff, you know, happening where people stayed in cars, you know, and that that's how you got across the country kind of thing. But my number one, because whenever I think about like trains and like the movie and the significance of it, my number one is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid oh, from nice. 1969. Uh, they're train robbers. OK, in this and some of those scenes are just so embedded in the American culture of of Westerns and how it works and all that. You know, uh, this is uh, just a, a fantastic film. You know, uh, it's it's in that registry of Library of Congress that uh, that, that George likes a lot. <laughs> he talks about it's been registered. This one's it's been a, registered as well. It's a it's a great uh, library. Yeah, it's a great library. Uh, it's considered to be like the seventh best Western movie of all time, you know, uh, with it uh, and all that. So, I, I you know, best use of a B.J. Thomas song. That's oh, right. So odd. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so, so, uh, yep. I'm going with Bush Cassidy and Sundance kid. Yeah. Very All nice. Right. George, what you got? So I, I'm always pleased when a film, uh, kind of a genre film, uh, in this case, a hard boiled action thriller, uh, is recognized for its subtler aspects of, of movie making. Uh, this, what I'm about to tell you guys, this is uh, to me, one of the lost treasures of 1980s uh, filmmaking runaway train. If you, have, if you have not seen this movie, you need to see this movie. The great John Voigt was nominated for an Oscar um, for his role. He plays Manny. Who's this, Kind of hardened con yeah, doing his thug voice, you know, his gun oh. thug voice. <laughs> and, and he, tried those, to, he tried to do it in Anaconda, it just didn't do as well. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It's awful. And it what's funny is he's in Anaconda with uh uh the Hispanic actor, uh uh Terrio, uh, uh I can't remember his name. Um Danny Ter Terrio. Danny Terrio was uh, on Dance Fever. He was the he was the star of Dance Fever. <laughs> yes, yes. No, uh, I'll find that that's out not for you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and and he was discovered on on this uh, movie. Uh, he was actually there because he had been in in prison, and he was a consultant. But anyway, uh, he Manny a hardened con escapes from prison in Alaska, a penitentiary in Alaska, and then ends up on an out of control train and fellow inmate, Eric Roberts, like you said, who also got nominated here for best supporting actor. Um, neither of them won. Um, but basically what happens is the conductor of the freight train. So it's not a passenger train, the freight train, he falls off, has a heart attack. And now the train is just accelerating to breakneck speeds. But I love, and, and Joseph, I know you're uh, a cinephile as well. I love the way this is, is filmed, okay? From the cinematography, the film was shot kind of documentary style. Uh, so the DP, the director of, of you know, principal for photography, Alan Hume, 
he put, he got his crew to put their cameras in odd, different kind of positions to make the movie, uh, the shots look kind of spontaneous and uncomposed. And the result, when you watch this thing is it feels like you're looking out of the train window or hanging off the the edge of the locomotive. And also I need to mention, there's not a lot of actors and actresses in this thing, but about 60 minutes in Rebecca de Mornay uh, pops in uh, talking about, uh, you know, uh, Richard Pryor coming in late into silver streak, Rebecca de Mornay comes in as, as Sarah. And, uh, I really, at the time, you know, she was kind of the it girl with, with different things she had been in, but she is all dingy looking and delivers just a completely different performance than, than what she was doing and forced to do it at that time. But I will tell you, the final scene that Voight does, if you if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but the final scene that Voight does with the train and that sadistic Warden Rankin is one of my all-time favorite anti-hero moments of any film. There, there is a moment, uh, just the way it ends, uh, it is fantastic. And again, Definitely an underrated masterpiece of cinema from the eighties, but that is my number one. Well, the theme song, the theme song by soul asylum, I think was probably one of the better song theme songs from any movie runaway train. Uh, that I thought was really <laughs> captured Thank the you. essence. Uh, of uh, the wait, wait, wait a minute here, uh, George. So you like trains? I like trains. Rebecca DeMornay. How can we forget this? We got to throw out a shout out. Risky business, the best training oh, scene yeah, ever. Yeah, what are right. we talking right. about? We we yeah. we're gonna blow it. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she is no she is no stranger to uh, train scenes uh, with um, music from um, uh, off of Face Value. Uh, Phil Collins, yeah, Phil Collins, and then, and then in the air. Air. came back yeah. in with Runaway Train. <laughs> But uh, yeah. uh, George, just a correction. Danny Trejo was the actor you're looking for. Danny, okay, yeah. Danny so Trejo. he he was he was a sponsor, uh, an anti narcotics. He he had gone to I want to say San Quentin or something, uh, served time, and he made anyway. The director saw him and put him in in this film. Uh, that that was his first film. But he was on location as a sponsor to uh, one of the actors that you know had a drug abuse problem and. And uh, anyway, that that started his movie career, and we see him in everything now. You yeah. know, uh, always as a prisoner, whether it's Con Air or uh, the Maharachi or whatever. You know, he's always he's always that. He's got that uh, quality <laughs> to the Maharachi. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> We're just gonna let the Maharachi go. We're just gonna let that go. The Maharachi. Let me let me look at Denny Trail. Maharachi. <laughs> what what year did the Maharachi come out? <laughs> Uh, never mind. The <laughs> Sorry, I get excited. What year did the I get it, George? I totally get it. The <laughs> All aboard the Marachi. All aboard the Marachi. Now boarding for Marachi. <laughs> All right, so that wraps it up. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, nobody no chose a uh, terror train from uh, the 80s or, <laughs> or a couple other classics. All right, so let, let's get this done. We only have one spot. One spot can't speak tonight. Let's, get the, let's put the Maharachi in. It's not a movie. Let's Mary, play the fifth movie. Yeah, okay, uh, Silver Streak, Train to Busan, The General, 
taking of Pelham 123. 1974. 1974. 1974. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and so what do we want? What do we want for our final entry into the canister? Runaway train was good. So was uh, Snowpiercer and uh, Murder on the Orange Express is the classic uh, yeah. train train movie. Uh, so, I mean, I'm okay with you guys picking either one of those for the, uh, you know, as long as Silver Streak, Train to Busan are in in general. I mean, four of them off my list are in. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't complain. <laughs> this has been a very good show for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, let's, although it's my number one, I think it's more of a Western. People don't think of it. Let's, I'm going to take off Butch uh, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I'm taking Although, off Lamar Rachi because it's not a movie. So uh, I, 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 I confession, I've never seen the Polar Express. The dead eye sort of threw me off. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking let's take that one off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a runaway train. I mean, Eric Roberts should have won for Star 80. So, I mean, I think uh, that, that that's, has a lot of weight. To what does that have to do with this movie? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, I like Runaway Train a lot. It was on my honorable mention list. Snowpiercer was on, on, on my honorable mention list. Uh, but um, both of those films, they don't work. As well yeah. as Murder on the Orient Express they don't work without that train element. So all three of those. So I think as much as I like the Indiana Jones, yeah, that's more to go yeah. off the scene stuff, but, uh, but he's uh, going to be a big star, uh, but, uh, snow yeah. runaway train or murder on, uh, Orient I vote Express. runaway train only cause I get to star 80. Then let's do it. Let's do okay. runaway train. <laughs> all right. That makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> hey, can I talk some right. honorable mention list on appliances now? Oh, yes. Wow! Because Finally. that was my that was my number one. That's my A topic. <laughs> as long as you don't mention refrigerators, yes. Uh, okay, so honorable mention dishwasher was honorable mention. Uh, the air fryer because uh, the air fryer like saved us from the uh, soggy microwave food. French, French uh, you know, uh, I put the oven itself, but like I said, uh, that, that the microwave started took its place. I put the iron steamer, which I know Jim has no relevant. <laughs> I mean, it's a steamer for clothes, right? Right. Do you use one? Yeah, yeah. I know you don't, don't use, use an iron. I know don't you don't use iron anymore. I have, I have used an iron the way this guy dressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so it's so it, the iron is so time consuming. We used to and, use the steamer. An honorable mention because I knew my friend Jim was going to have it on his list. The coffee maker. So yes. there you go. That's 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 my honorable mention list so for appliances. Number one there, uh, George. No, honorable mention. Uh, no, I'm good. All right. So I don't have any either. Joseph, what's your number one? The toaster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, George, yeah. what's your number one? Microwave. M- microwave. So we're right. we're done. I so know. Number one. I know. Got I, Washington. Hold on. Oh, do you have one? Oh, you got it. He has a George. He's been holding uh, back. It. You throw out a mariachi and you get all crazy on the show making up movies. <laughs> you know, I can't do my number one. What's going How, on? What is the name of that movie? I thought it was a movie. <laughs> it is El Mar- Mariachi. You said mariachi. mariachi. Oh. Yeah. I can't speak. <laughs> All right, well, Mario actually one. was a good movie, but I don't think that's the one you're talking about. Go ahead. My number one is the <laughs> crock pot or the slow cooker. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And making yeah. chili and letting it kind of cook the whole day where your, your what house is really good on a, uh, a warm, uh, I mean, on a cold day. So uh, 
there it is, the crock pot. I'm not going to give you any history when the crock pot was made, just that I'm glad it was made. So you can put throw stuff in there and just make a nice soup or a nice chili or whatever. So the crock pot is my number one, a.k.a. slow cooker. All right, now we can finally decide what we're going to do. All right, washing machine, microwave, blender, and toaster oven are all in. So we just got one. Yes. I'm going to kick out the dryer because you can like... A lot of my stuff I don't put in the dryer because it we can it, we can it tell. shrinks it. It no, it shrinks it. It shrinks it. Okay, you, you gotta like yeah, I like let, let them let them dry too. Yeah, so so um, uh, vacuum cleaner is pretty good, and so is uh, dishwasher. Dish, di- but dishwasher is one of those things that the reason why I had it as honorable mention and I didn't have it on my list is because a lot of people don't like the dishwasher. I do, I do. I'm with you, George. I like it, but it's one of those things. A lot of people are like, no, I just clean my dishes well, by hand. I'm I'm gonna remove it because much like how you can hang your clothes dry, you yeah. can Wash you dishes. can if it broke down tonight. Yeah. You, you would still be heater, okay. You can't do that by yourself. Unless no, you yeah, no. Really water, water heaters are hard, but I mean, <laughs> what's so funny is because with the water heater, it's like, I feel like it's because we're missing something here. If we have the water heater, then we have to put the air conditioner, but we're from Texas. So uh, we don't even think of that as an appliance. But it really is. I mean, a lot of people will put support. Yes, life support and stuff like that. So to me, the water heater is sort of like the air conditioner. It's just like, of course, you're going to have those. You know, of course, you're going to have those. Of course, when you don't, you you totally miss them. Uh, I you know what? I sort of like the crock pot. I got to be honest. Uh, What I like about the crock pot is the fact that you can put all your crap in the pot, (laughs) leave for work. And when you come home, your house is smelling delicious, you know, and it's ready to go. It was the original set it and forget it before. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So so that's, are you okay with that, George? I mean, are you okay? Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's, and, and again, all of my appliances were, you know, big, appliances I, I don't have anything you know the the smallest thing i have is a microwave you know uh so we end up with crock pot toaster oven blender microwave the magic of the microwave and a washing machine for movies silver streak train to busan runaway train the general uh, and all of these movies you got to check these things out uh and the taking of pelham one two three so that is a good list uh, mm-hmm. on both topics. So yes, it is. Very good. So all right. So let's go wrap things up. CrispyCodeRobots.com is where you need to go to find out all oh. about us. Watch your toes. Okay. Careful. All right. Let's shoot this sucker up. Are we okay. going with the heavy-duty shovels this time or just the regular? Heavy-duty. Heavy-duty. Oh, Come on. It's a train. Duty. I want to make it sound of a train here. Okay. Cool. All right, Nebular. Uh, I mean, Joseph, go ahead and do it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. You're only solo sign playing Runaway Train right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, that might or be a, a show. That might be a, a show. Great or a train Maharaj- Or a Marachi band. <laughs> yeah, a Marachi band, yeah. I can't think of any other train songs besides that. Runaway Train? Is there some other? Well, there's a band called Train. Yeah, yeah there is a band called That's Train. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just move on. Tra- what, what about Train in Vain? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Nothing about yeah. a train, though. But yeah, have a yeah. have a show uh, all about trains. You know, train <laughs> train souls. Idea. You can take off your conductor's hat now, George. I think we're done. Actually, 
I, I can't get What's this What's the uh, Midnight Train to Georgia? Oh, yeah, you you're right. There oh, you there you go. There you go. Supposed to be Midnight, midnight Plane to Houston, but they changed it. <laughs> All right, yeah. little trivia there, Dan. All right, so CrispyGoToRobots.com, that's where you need to go uh, to find out about us. And then, George, do you want to go ahead and do your line? I have nothing this week to interrupt you with. You nothing. Wow. Absolutely Episode nothing. 101. Uh, folks, so be Joseph sure to check out... You. Be sure to check out episode 100. Uh, see what we were talking about earlier. And uh, until then, remember, there's always tomorrow. Morachi. Or, or is there? <laughs>